Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Shockwaves emerged from the Mining City on Monday with two huge decisions at the annual Montana High School Association meetings. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Among a myriad of decisions, the MHSA voted to add shot clocks to all classifications of varsity and sub-varsity basketball across the state for prep hoops. And the MHSA also announced the addition of baseball as a sport. Representatives from the high schools all across Montana met in person at the Copper King Hotel in Butte to discuss and vote on a number of issues, but the two proposals that drew the most attention for certainly baseball and shot clock. Since neither was an MHSA bylaw, both proposals required a simple majority and each pass in overwhelming fashion on Monday. Shot clocks and baseball are both planned to begin during the 2022-2023 academic school year. In Big Sky Conference Hoops, a slew of makeup games played out on Monday across the league. In Bozeman, the Montana State women posted a 79-69 win over Idaho after taking 16 days off because of COVID protocols. In her first game since January 1st, Erin White scored 21 points and dished out four assists as MSU moved to 3-2 and two in league play. In the other Big Sky women's game Monday, Eastern Washington drilled Portland State 68-44. On the men's side, Northern Arizona emerged with a wild 74-72 win over Idaho in Flagstaff. Weber State drilled Idaho State 78-61, and Southern Utah ripped Portland State 86-76. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. I'm 
There's just certain albums where they drop. I mean, it's not even hyperbole, man. Change the world. Let's take Sugar Magic, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Definitely one of them. Nobody ever heard anything like this. And uh, you can say whatever you want about the Chili Peppers now, their evolution. If you've been around for 30 years, you're doing something right. And uh, this was a transcendent album when it dropped 30 years ago. Welcome back. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuwana. coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. You can find amazing winter savings at Northwest Motorsport. Visit NWMS Rocks to check out the largest selection of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You missed anything in the first hour of the show. We talked around the big sky in men's hoops. Talked a little bit about the Grizzlies, Weber State, some of the new faces in the league, some of the departed faces in the league, and everything in between. We also heard from Katie Grush from the uh, Missoula YMCA, the youth sports director there at the Y. And we are Treasure State Stars for the week. Oh, we also hooked you up with some Tagliari, too. You're welcome. you find everything from the first hour of today's show on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Sportsbet Montana. You want to be a part of the show? You want to hit us up? You want to text us? Call us? 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Certainly the longest football season when it comes to the college ranks and the Big Sky Conference ranks of uh, our professional careers, including our collaboration at SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as here at ESPN Missoula, certainly. Uh, by the way, we're fast approaching our 10-year anniversary for ESPN Missoula. We got a cool, cool, cool promotion coming up. I'll, uh, I'll save you the details for a little while later, but you're going to have more chances to win Desperado Wings than you ever have before, and we give you a lot of Despo Wings, so that should be very fun. Stay tuned for that. February, our 10th anniversary. I've been here at ESPN Missoula. It'll be five years in July, so it'll be very uh, fun to celebrate all, all of those things, but the arc of the college football season, the Big Sky Conference level, it was very fun because there was a lot of high expectations and so much anticipation given the cancellation of the 2020 season and the fact that Montana only played in two spring games. Montana State didn't play in any. They also had a coaching change and all these different dynamics. And it all came to a head in really actually lackluster fashion for the endings for both Montana and Montana State. Such great seasons for both the Grizz and the Bobcats. And um, both fell short and both had their seasons end in these games that this had these deflating moments in which the teams couldn't bounce back from. And for Montana, it was in the quarterfinals at James Madison, Cam Humphrey and Sammy Cam getting knocked out early on. And for the Bobcats, it was in the FCS National Championship game. We're joined now by Brooks Nuanez from Skyline Sports to talk a little bit about all that stuff, not only necessarily the past, but also the present and the future. Uh, but Brooks, here we are now, and uh, we're about nine days out, eight days out from being in Frisco, Texas, and, and watching Montana State lose 38-10 to 10 to North Dakota State. We haven't gotten your perspective on this yet. So uh, I, I know that we've sort of talked about this a lot the last week or so here uh, on ESPN Radio, but what did you think? I mean, you were on the field. You, you were at the field level. Um, we've sat here and complained about all the logistics and the NCAA and all that, and uh, it wasn't great. But what did you think just from an experience standpoint and from just a uh, being on the field coverage standpoint? The experience was cool, man. We've been down there before. Um, it was a short trip this time. But overall, I mean, I actually kind of like the venue. I don't like the field, but I think the venue's kind of cool. Yeah, the fact that it's, for those that are wondering about this, it's it's this specific Bermuda grass that soccer players favor, but they also cut it very similarly to what a soccer player would like. 
And you got to remember that soccer players run seven to eight miles in a game, and most soccer players weigh like 150 pounds. So it's not the same. Less, yeah. yeah, it's not the same physical surface that you're going to need for 300 plus pound linemen like you have in college football. So there, it, re- it is a distinct difference in its impact on the game. It, it is definitely. And last time we were there to watch Eastern Washington play North Dakota State, Eric Berry was sliding all over the field. It rained the same kind of way it did yep. the night before, but. That's here nor there. It's a field. It's football. It is what it is. They, I think everyone, you know, both those teams full of North Dakota and Montana kids, they've probably played in some pretty good weather before. Sure. So, I mean, it was, I think the stadium is cool. I think the logistics of the whole thing are, are, are fine. You know, it's never great. Um, you know, I, I go to so many tournaments and, and neutral sites and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's, it's always okay. You know, the NCAA does a, does a decent job. I could have used some food that day, but that's, again, <laughs> here nor there. The Oreos and, and, and uh, cheddar popcorn? That's yeah. not real meals? No. I ate two bags of the cheddar popcorn. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so you had toothpicks, I would have dove in. I wasn't going to ruin my day. Uh, the game itself was was interesting. You know, it's it's North Dakota State is just an absolute buzzsaw, right? I mean, what else? How else could you describe it? The juggernaut, the dynasty. I think it's more of a buzz buzzsaw. You know, I mean, they they get you in so many different ways, and it's not. I have talked about this before, but it is. I need to reiterate the importance of it's not a bunch of big farm kids, right? Everyone says they're so big. They are so big. They're also so fast. They also have so many elite FBS-looking 6'1", 195-pound dudes with diamond calves that run Oh, yeah. Hand. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have they have 25 guys that hail from either the state of Florida or the state of Georgia. They're not, like you're saying, from Buxton, North Dakota or right. Balfour, North Dakota. I mean, Christian Watson is 6'5", 210 from Tampa Bay, Florida. He was a Florida state champion in the 100 meters dash. That's a different athlete than anybody else in the FCS has ever gotten. Yeah, and they're, they look different up close, but then the, the intensity level, but the swagger, man, it's not some podunk, oh, small-town, oh, western thing. The, that's, that's the no, you and I would both agree. The most striking part about watching North Dakota State is not watching them play. It's watching them warm up. Yeah, the, Watching the them warm up is stuff. crazy, man. Like, they're, they're level of intensity from 1 through 99 on their roster combined with I mean that's the other thing and I know I've said this on the show before but FCS looking at the lines warming up particularly offensive lines is always so funny because you have so many different body types that's part of FCS football every every position is just a bunch of different kind of guys right like Justice Perkins from Montana State is a good center he's like my size he's like 6 feet 265 pounds a little bit bigger than I am and North Dakota State though no (laughs) <laughs> no. Nope. They all look the same. They all are, are no one's too fat, no one's too skinny. They're all just they all look like Colin Dow for those that remember the, the Grizz teams of, of the first Bobby Houck go round. Yeah. They all look like I'm trying to think of a Montana State example. They all look like Mitch Brott. Yep. All of them. It's amazing to watch. And they're even more athletic than Mitch Brown. Mitch Brown's a great athlete for at Montana State. Yeah, they're elite, man. It, it's you know, it's a top it's a top twenty five program in the country, um, including the FBS. You know, I think that they would Easily, easily go into the Big Ten and the Big 12 and, and mop some teams. Not just compete. I think they would dominate some teams. I don't think they'd win the Big Ten or anything, you know, but I think they could climb their way to the upper half quickly, year one, year two. Um, be competing with, you know, Minnesota year in, year out, Northwestern year in, year out, um, Iowa State year in, year out. And those are top 20 programs, you know. I think I, I think North Coast State's right there, and they're playing an FCS schedule. And then, of course, the, the Tommy Malott injury was, was challenging for Montana State, and it was challenging for anyone who was at the game who wanted to see, you know, a, a good a good equal battle because I think the score would end up being similar. It was 38-10. I could have seen it end up being 
35 to 17, you know, but I don't think it would have been drastically different. But I do think Montana State would have been able to generate some offense and keep the ball a little bit. The defense just started to get hammered. I mean, after a while, it was, you know, Callahan O'Reilly and Troy Anderson and Tyle Cotter dragging limbs around. You know, that it was not a good day for that, that group. Well, and there's, I mean, I, I've been going through all the photos, which, by the way, you can check out photo galleries. We've had posted photo galleries from both Jason Bocci and Blake Hempstead and truly appreciate those guys for all their awesome contributions at Skyline Sports this year. But I'm going to have one for, with Brooks, uh, for, of Brooks's photos from this midweek as well. But it's so crazy looking at all the photos when you're looking down the camera lens. A game like that, it's... It's accentuated even more because so often in college football now, all of the photos are just guys in open space and guys missing or making open field tackles. Almost all of Blake and Jason's photos and some of the ones I've seen of you too, it, you really are just staring down the barrel. And here's three different NDSU offensive linemen and this boss hog running back just coming in. And Troy Anderson and Ty Okada and, and guys that are some of the best defensive players in the league in the country are just getting tossed. Tossed. It's, it's, what, it's what I like to call a pile of humanity. Um, it, it, it's striking. It's, it, it's it's some of the most physical brand of football out there. We talk about the, the size and the intensity and the swagger. That's the other portion of North Dakota State that, that is true. You know, it, it, it is an amazing level of physicality. They yes. bring it. Every player, like you mentioned, one through ninety-nine, um, it's darn impressive, man. They got a they got a good thing going. They care about it a whole lot, you know. I I don't think that the, uh, you know, they're setting their sights on bigger and better things isn't really how they run their their program, and and that's a really cool part of it. You know, a lot of schools at this level, the James Madisons of the world, the Sam Houston's of the world, the Montana Montana State. At times, the conversation has been, when do we move up? What do we do here? I'm sure North Dakota State has that tenor going on around the the, the program, but within it, they care about what's happening here. Here and now, and and not a whole lot more, which is which is quite a thing to watch. Nuana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Brooks Nuana is joining us here on ESPN Radio. It's all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Had a great weekend hanging out next to the Sportsbet Montana machines. The NFL playoffs is as fun as it gets, and we're going to get into that a little later on this week as well. Some of the the best bets we had, and some of the best bets we might make as well. We appreciate Sportsbet Montana for being a part of this show here on uh, ESPN Radio. Brooks, obviously, then the story for Montana State coming out of this game is twofold. One, the incremental build of the Bobcats, how they were able to go from a 4-7 and seven team back in 2016 to a team that is now in the midst of three straight playoff appearances. They made it to the second round in 2018. They made it to the semifinals in 2019. They made it to the national championship in 2021. They lost to the exact same opponent. Each of the three times in North Dakota State, the margin of victory lessened. But, I mean, let's be honest. North Dakota State was up 35 nothing in the first play of the second half. So, yeah, yeah it, it was close. It was cruise control. So, I mean, you can't really say, well, we're, we were two touchdowns better than we were in 2018. Well, eh, not really. It's just the same, same uh, beatdown. But for the Cats, though, can they sustain that level? But more importantly... How do they react then to what this upcoming offseason is going to be filled with, which is just endless conversations and, and endless things that could be considered a distraction? Tommy Malott's going to have the weight of the world on his shoulders. He caught lightning in a bottle, and now he's going to have to, can he perform like he did against Sam Houston in South Dakota State? Can he attain that level as a full-time starter, as a sophomore? Will he be the full-time starter? Suffered a bad injury, had, a, a, uh, had some surgery. He's, he'll be fine by the fall, but he will incur his uh, spring ball reps. In the meantime... Montana State brought in Sean Chambers, a former starter at University of Wyoming. He started for multiple years at Wyoming. He won 13 games as the starter as Wyoming, 13-6 and six as a starter there. 
was a starter as a freshman, knocked out. Starter as a sophomore, knocked out, then had hit such a bad injury during the fall of 2020 that it cost him early uh, coming in, coming, or I guess that ended his 2020 season. He then was a starter in 2021, but was replaced about halfway through the year. And now he's reunited with the guy who brought him to Laramie in former Wyoming offensive coordinator and current Montana State head coach, Brent Vegan. So there's going to be so much narrative around the Cats, period. How do you replace Troy Anderson? How do you replace Chase Benson? How do you rebuild an offensive line that loses Lewis Kidd and Taylor Tuiasasopo? But to me, the weight and the pressure starts with the quarterback position and Tommy Mallott trying to live up to what's going to be uh, sky-high expectations. Very high expectations. Luckily for him, it's such a bad injury that he suffered. The classic high ankle sprain. Luckily for him, it was bad enough and or it was it was diagnosed correctly by doctors to be able to have surgery because that injury is 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 can be career ending if you don't have surgery. If you try to let it heal in the way right. the way it can happen. It's actually a pretty clean surgery, especially if there's no break. They kind of just lace back up the tibia and the fibia together. Um, as those two usually separate with twisting of those two lower leg bones, you almost have like a a, a subluxation or a, a dislocation of the ankle and you have two lower leg bones that that the, the ligament that holds them together tears. Um, when you actually put that back together, it actually is a, a, a more sustainable injury to deal with. So high expectations for Tommy. They bring in a transfer quarterback yet again, which is just kind of the narrative of these high-level programs in the FCS. And, and Sean Chambers is no joke. You know, he's a good player. I've seen him play quite a bit, and um, I thought he was he was talented. So for Tommy, I, I, I don't think that you can really go into the season expecting to be the starter. I think that's probably going to be quite an open competition as well as um, – Maybe some falling back on some of those abilities that you sh- that Tommy showed to play other positions, which is which is really hard when you have maybe your best your best ball carrier you may not, might not want to put a quarterback, so maybe he plays a different position. Well, that's the thing that's going to be so interesting to me is that the whole notion that you need one quarterback. Like there's always been the old saying: if you got multiple quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. That's not true in college football anymore, though, especially if you have a running quarterback system. I think there's an opportunity to run two quarterback systems all day long if especially not one or the other is a runner, if they're both runners. That can be the most dangerous that you can be in a college football system because then you can line them both up in the backfield at the same time sometimes. So we'll see. I I do think that uh, you got a no-lose situation from the premise of if this inspires Tommy Mallott to really just take the next step, then all of a sudden he is the dude and he's the man and he's rolling. And if he's not, and he doesn't, then probably Chambers was pretty darn good and you're going to have a pretty good player at that spot. I guess it remains to be seen because Brett Vegan has so much a quarterback uh, acumen um, in his in the praise of his coaching, partially because of what Josh Allen has become. But I still don't know if that, that's an applicable uh, comparison when you're talking about Montana State. I don't know. I don't know. We still don't know if if Brent Vegan can develop an FCS quarterback. We know he can develop a raw FBS quarterback who goes on to take the NFL by storm, but can he develop an FCS quarterback? That's a huge question mark as well. Yeah, Josh Allen got to Wyoming throwing the ball 175 miles an hour. Brent Vegan did not help in that. <laughs> right. I think that that was, you know, you get a, you hope to be one of the good coaches say you'd rather be lucky than good. The one thing about Tommy lot that I think is, is worth noting is I don't think, Coulter, you have to agree that there has ever been a quarterback as a freshman who carries the ball between 25 and 30 times a game that actually survives a college career. Well, right. I don't think that's a thing. Well, if it, if it would have been the whole season, then he would have already been fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. He did carry the ball like close to 100 times in the playoffs alone, which is a pretty striking number. But uh, 
And then I, I, mean, it, I think that there's just an opportunity to truly just play him at running back. Right. And give him 10 carries and throw him the ball three or four times. Like, I, I don't, do, but do you not see a future for him at quarterback? I do see a future for him at quarterback, but you don't really just go get your you know former FBS dropped out, your recruits from an FBS school to come in to sit around. I mean, I, I do think that there's a future for Tommy, but he has not shown an aptitude to throw the ball short and intermediate, uh, which is a challenging aspect when, I mean... You can't get away with throwing the deep ball forever. It's just it doesn't win in the playoffs necessarily. For sure. Well, but they, I mean, he proved that it does win in the playoffs this year. But I, I guess you're, you're right, though. It's just going to be very. He ran the ball 35 times. He <laughs> seven touchdowns. I mean, yeah, that one, they didn't win because they threw a couple deep balls. I mean, sure, there was were huge plays in the game. But I just don't think that that's something they're going to build their entire program off of. Cross your fingers that you get a, a fifth-year senior that has NFL potential to start catching deep balls. I mean, it's just. I don't know if it's necessarily like an offensive principle that you want to hang your hat on. It's true. It's definitely true. And uh, we'll see how it all plays out. All football all the time. The Brooks Nuanas here. Uh, Brooks of Skyline Sports. Doubling up the Nuanas now for you here on a Tuesday. Appreciate you being here with us talking some Big Sky Conference football. And so, Brooks, last question on the Bobcats. And then I'm going to ask you a couple just about the Grizz and this upcoming offseason for Montana. This question about quarterbacks is certainly going to be the dominant question of the narrative of, of the next nine months heading into the 2022 season. But, but what else are your concerns or, or I guess, are, are the biggest issues that Montana State needs to address? Well, I mean, I think that they've made the incremental jump from 2016, 17, 18, 19, as you outlined clearly, due to defensive line play. And right. that's all a Jeff Choate you know, background. And, and now Brent Vegan goes into his second year with his first year, first-time offensive coordinator, Freddie Banks, leaving for Colorado State. Yeah. Uh, that's that's, that's the other question, too, when it comes to the quarterbacks, not to interrupt you, but both Brett Vegan and Taylor Housewright were sort of pseudo-play callers, pseudo-quarterbacks coaches, but in reality, especially in games, Tucker Rovig was the quarterbacks coach. That's why there was nobody to coach Rovig on the sideline, because Rovig was the one coaching Tommy Malott on the sideline, so when Rovig Certainly. went into the game, there was no quarterbacks coach. Certainly. Our good friend Paul, who was a, a former quarterback who was down there watching the game with us, he was saying, how come nobody's talking to this kid? I said, well, he's the coach that talks to the kid, and now he's in the game. I told you. So they, they, need, they need to have something in that element as well. The guy that was calling calling in plays, signaling in plays with Casey Bobbin was a guy I'd never seen in my entire life right. in Montana State. Right. So, yeah, something went awry there. It's called the only chance you have in the entire world to win a game got, got uh, a broken ankle. It's a pretty bad situation. <laughs> it's a bad situation. The defensive line depth is everything for Montana State as far as how you build out that front seven and how you become a defensive winning football team, which is how they've won. They've run the football, and that's all good and well. And Brent Fegan has that great quote that says, you know, running the football and playing defense is how you win, especially late in the season. But it's easy to say, hard to do. Well, that's going to continue to be the case because I think that they do have a legitimate program that can churn out running backs. Building defensive line depth, getting defensive line recruits that continue to just come in waves sure. is challenging. That's but they still, have, they still have some of the guys left over for, from Choate. And that that's the thing where... On one hand, replacing Chase Benson, Amandre Williams, and Daniel Hardy is, and Kyle Rigg is a tall task. Those are four seniors that were three of them elite players, and Rigg could have been nobody really knows because he got hurt the first game of the year. But I have a lot more confidence in the young players like Sebastian Valdez and Brody Greeby than maybe some of the other under, under unproven guys they have at other positions. I do as well, but we I just saw that group who I have a ton of respect for, get absolutely manhandled. True. And that's with Amandre Williams and Daniel Hardy, getting blown off the ball by three, four yards. And yeah. Guys that we thought were, or were or, or know that are good players. 
So again, does Montana State return to you know a, a one or two loss season? They go nine and two and ten and two. I, I think that that's all on the table with the amount of talent they have. But we're talking about national expectations. Sure. So how do you replace Chase Benson, Andre Williams, and Daniel Hardy and make a national championship run? That's that's a tall task, and that's all going to start with 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 figuring out who the coordinator is and what system they want to run. It's going to be very challenging if they try to switch back systems, especially for the, some of the success of those young guys. You mentioned Brody Greeby coming in as a third down wide nine defensive end that rushes in a four three that's a whole different game if you switch that scheme up so that'll be hugely important i think it's probably the the antithesis of how they will find success in in 2022 i mean to me they're the two biggest issues that they have i think are on the offensive line at wide receiver because they basically had one wide receiver this year lance mccutcheon they threw him the ball all the time that was the only guy they threw the ball to really that's how they've been running it for about 10 years and uh so they just need somebody anybody because Corey Steele decided to forego his last year eligibility. Willie Pedersen still has so much hype, but like I don't really know why. Because at this point now, I mean he's he contributes or whatever. He's a fine player, but like you being the up and coming guy is it, it wears thin when now you're a senior. So yeah, you know the plays. It's not the best attribute. <laughs> That's right. So where do they go from here? I do think they have some studs at tight end that they could get. Maybe they could get a little bit more involved. I think but. if Jaden Smith can stay healthy, I mean he he's got the body. He's all of six six. I mean he he looks the part, and he's struggled with staying healthy, and then struggled with I think being motivated, being moved down the depth chart when you can't make it to practice. You know, then all of a sudden you, you fall down the chart and and things aren't looking up for you. Some guys get the the idea in their head that it, it'll come in the future. You know, he's only a sophomore. Well, you become a junior really quick and you got to step up. But I do think that he has the ability to be someone that could, you know, be that number one guy. And they just need a few options there because they are going to still be just a run-first type team for sure. To me, though, the absolute number one thing that Montana State has to to find a, uh, an answer for is how do you replace Taylor Tuiasasopo and Lewis Kidd? I know that those guys were all big sky guys as juniors and seniors, but... I thought they were even maybe a little underrated. I just think those two guys were two of the better guys we've seen in the league you know, in the last handful of years. I mean, they're, they're both really good, and they both are both both fit the, both the schemes that they ran during their careers. And more than anything, though, they're just the tone setters. Because Montana State has pretty good talent. Like TJ Session, Rush Reimer, those guys are young guys that could be pretty good. Who's going to lead the way, though? Kid and Tuas Silver were such, like, opposites in their personalities, and that's why they were such good leaders with each other. Where do they go from there? That's just such a tough one. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Let's talk Grizz quickly because the Grizz have brought in a handful of transfers now. A quarterback in Lucas Johnson from San Diego State, a wide receiver, Sawyer Racanelli uh, from Washington, a pair of corners, Jaden Dawson, formerly of Idaho State, and Robbie Whitehead, who comes from Grossmont Junior College. And then earlier today, the addition of Vincent Genitone, who's the cousin of Nick Genitone, who played for the Grizz. Once upon a time. But Vincent Gentona, a small school guy out of Nebraska, but an unbelievable athlete. He ran a 10-8 in the 100 meters. Also ran 4-4-5 at the Nebraska Individual Camp last spring. Had some potential walk-on interest from both Nebraska and Kansas State, but he made his official visit to Montana this last week, so he's committed. Well, Brooks, for the Grizz, I think that we sort of saw this last year about Dante Olsen graduating and how there's a little bit of a production dip at inside linebacker, but not really. I mean, Montana's inside linebackers both had 100-plus tackles, Jace Lewis and, and Marcus Weldell. Braxton Hill was also very productive as sort of the third inside guy. So with Jace Lewis moving on, I don't necessarily think that even though he was a really good player, it's not necessarily like uh, an irreplaceable part 
But there are a bunch of places that Montana does need to find answers. Um, starting with quarterback, that's also going to be a headlining story, as it always is across all of football. Uh, but what else? I mean, what do you think of the Grizz? What, where else do they need to find upgrades or or have guys emerge? They've had a couple guys recently sign in the secondary, and I think it's it's vitally important to continue to develop and and have depth at the secondary and guys that are going to be the next guy up after you know this next class exits, which is kind of the Robbie Houck and, and Nash Valsh will come up on it soon. Justin Ford will come up on it soon. Um, but like you saw this year, Corbin Walker played so well at corner. Um, you need to have another Corbin Walker every year. Right. Continue to develop it. When Montana has been good, um, you know, in the mid to, to late 2000s, it, it was so secondary driven. Um, it ends yes. up having good pass rush. There, there's there's really famous linebackers that just played so darn well. But it ends up being that the best players in the core of the unit in the national championship runs are due to the secondary. You know, in 2008, 2009, you're talking about the Cold Anderson, Shan Schillinger, and Eric Stoll, and Tremaine Johnson, and Jimmy Wilson, and every single one of those guys played in the NFL. Right. I guess Eric Stoll decided to be a doctor, but you know, <laughs> he's probably doing fine himself. Shout out Eric Stoll. Every single guy that's named played in the NFL. Most of those guys were drafted. Right. That's totally. how you continue to develop and become elite um, because those guys are run stoppers too. So it, it, it's just the well-rounded nature of defense, the, the pressure element, the zero, the man zero pressure looks that Montana has been loving to run under Kent Bear especially. I think it's so much it relies on having good defensive back play. For sure, and I do think that um, they're going to have to find some guys. Maybe those guys are in the program to sort of emerge at the defensive end spots because the guys they had this year were were fine. They were good, solid. Belknap, Justin Belknap and Joe Babros were, were solid. So can Jacob McGowering take the next step? You know, can I've been waiting for him to do that. I think it's there, right? I just, I it's there. He just keeps getting bigger. He, Maybe plays on the inside. Honestly, I think part of it was his problem was that the two years off made it so he gained so much mass, he and he didn't know. Big, yeah. It's not even that he's too big. I just think I think he just didn't know how to play. Having p- gained fifty pounds, I think right. I think he'll get better at it. I think it. he could play on the inside. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's huge. He's, he's huge. He's huge, huge. It's, so it doesn't really have the bend to turn the corner. They haven't had a lot of guys that turn the corner. They they, they do it with the linebacker <laughs> position right now. With, with the, well, that's the thing is like I don't even know if these guys can turn the corner because they're not really in the scheme to do that. They're no. in the scheme to just mash they're heads like power and just ends, yeah yeah they just run crazy chaos or they like zone drop you know yeah, yeah right. So it is sort of interesting to see how how all that goes. But I mean I think, I think they'll be good in the secondary again. Because they do have guys in the program that are rising, and also they've added some some transfers. I know I sound like a broken record, but I think the offensive line is so much more important than the quarterback. I mean, here's the thing. That's what we saw in Frisco. Oh, certainly is. You can be – here's the best way I could say it, though, because people don't watch football through the lines like I watch it. You can be significantly better at every single position on the field, and if the other team has the best offensive line in the country, they're going to beat you. It's it. It, it's, it is what it is. And so uh, I just think, I think that although there's been this sort of narrative that Montana's gotten better on the offensive line uh, since Bobby Hawk returned, which is true, but it's not nearly as resoundingly true as it should be, and it's not nearly as resoundingly true as they, they need it to be. And how much better every other position has gotten under Hawk, except offensive line has been much smaller incre- incrementally. Yeah, I they just they they got to be better on the offensive front. Period. They have, they absolutely have to. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if they have guys. They've been in the program for a couple of years. They're ready to emerge or not. But I just I think it starts and ends there, and uh, I think everything else can fall into place. And it also starts and ends at the food zoo. So see you down there, big boys. <laughs> Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Brooks Nuanas in studio with us. Talking all things Big Sky Conference football. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, and you always know my go-to Colt to throw it to the tight end. Throw it to the tight end, baby. So he's always been saying. Brooks Nuanas here on Nuanas now, doubling up your Nuanas now. We're talking about some Grizz hoops as well as Montana State head men's basketball coach Danny Sprinkle. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio.
Tuesday. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your week. Happy evening of a Tuesday. Appreciate you being here with me, Coulter Nuanez, here on ESPN Radio. It's time now for our Montana State Minute. We do this a couple times a week, featuring uh, now this time of year, Danny Sprinkle, the head men's basketball coach for MSU once a week. We'll also hear from Alex Esselman from SWX Montana Television tomorrow. Probably hear from Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television later on this week as well. Perspective on both sides. We're talking a little Grizz hoops towards the end of the show as well because we did get into the big sky and a little bit about the Grizz, but I want to hash a few more things out with Andrew Houghton. But first, let's dive in the Montana State Minute. It's presented in part by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen, everything you need for your next tailgate or that big family party or whatever get-together you might have. Or if you're just a restaurant owner, you can find all of it at JNV's three locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JNV also has an awesome website, jnvrestaurant.com, jvrestaurant.com. Proud sponsors of sports throughout the state of Montana for more than 45 years and proud sponsors of the Montana State Minute. Well, now we're in a rhythm. Now we're in a routine. Time again for our Montana State Minute. Montana State head men's basketball coach Danny Sprinkle joins us every Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. Appreciate Coach Sprinkle for always taking some time for us. And uh, now we've done this about three weeks in a row, so it feels like we're back in the routine, which is a good thing. But, Coach, first of all, thanks for joining us. But I want to ask you about the element of routine because we don't necessarily want to analyze the ins and outs of the pandemic. We're not smart enough for that. There's a lot more people out there to do all the science and all that stuff for you. But from a basketball perspective, it seems to me when you have sort of this haphazard schedule that you just never know when games could happen and not happen, you guys got your game on Saturday against Southern Utah postponed. How hard is it just to get into a rhythm uh, for your guys? It is, you know, it, it's a pain in the butt, but it is for everybody. And so you just kind of have to, you know, you have to have some maturity and you have to be able to, you know, bounce back just like we did, you know, a lot of times last year, you know, and our guys, you know, we've had some good practices uh, in that span and, and we needed practice time to be honest with you. So, you know, hopefully we got better. You know, it was a good time to kind of heal up from some nicks and bruises. And, and uh, now we got to go on a tough road trip down to NAU and, and at Portland State this weekend where we got to go try and to go try and steal two wins. The Big Sky has been playing a neutral site tournament now for, oh, I guess half a dozen, maybe seven years. And it seems like pretty much everybody in the league likes that format, at least broadly. Uh, but it seems also that now these last couple years, it's more important than ever just because it is important to peak at tournament time. And I feel like it's hard to ever peak when you do have such a haphazard schedule. So, I mean, does that element play into this? I mean, are, are you guys – does it play into the way that you prepare your team and, and try to coach down the stretch here just to, to make sure you're peaking at the right time and have that time be in March in Boise? I think so. You know, I, th- I think everybody tries to do that. You know, I mean, the main thing is you got to stay healthy. you got to stay fresh. you got to keep your best players healthy. And everybody, you know, in the next couple of weeks, like those those minutes all add up, you know, over the course of the year. 
And uh, so when you do get a chance to take a break, you know, you got to make sure you're resting them. You know, but I think also you need to, you know, your team needs to be mature enough to, to realize even though you may be winning games, you know, like you still need to improve. You know, there's still some things that, you know, that we do, even though we're on a three-game win streak, there's a lot of things that we're not doing well and that we have to clean up if we want to continue to improve. Um, and vice versa, you know, it's it's sometimes easier to have their attention after a loss. But I think I think the really good teams, you know, you can still get their attention even after winning games. Danny Sprinkle joining us. This is the Montana State Minute presented by J&V Restaurant Supply as well as Jake Dubeck, your Montana realtor. Coach Sprinkle joins us each week here on Nuanas Now. He's Montana State's men's basketball coach, MSU, off to a 12-5 and start, 4-2 and in conference play, but haven't played since the rivalry game against Montana back on January 9th. Bobcats were supposed to play this last Saturday. Supposed to be just their one single-game week against Southern Utah, but that one postponed. But now a, a tough road trip to Northern Arizona and Portland State. So first, before we get into the opponent's upcoming coach, is there a way to, to take advantage of, of having extra time off? I know it's not what you want or necessarily what you hoped for, but it is an extended break for your guys. So how have you guys been navigating this as in terms of practice and preparation? Yeah, you know, I mean, we gave them pretty much last weekend off. You know, it was the first time we've been able to give them two straight. Actually, we practiced on Saturday morning, but then they had 48 hours before we reconvened on Monday afternoon. And so, you know, just kind of give the guys a, you know, I told them to get away from basketball more mentally than physically. You know, it, it is a long season. And, uh, you know, and I know with, you know, a lot of games are going to be packed in, you know, to a short amount of time here pretty quick. You know, with a lot of these cancellations and us, you know, the league, we're trying to make up a lot of these games that are being canceled. You know, it's going to come to a, it, it's, it's going to become crazy here in about two three weeks if there's some more games canceled it's going to run out of time you know to make up some of these games and you know right now you know i mean we're kind of planning on having to play you know four games in about five and a half days at the end of the season right before the conference tournament you know and so you know we have to make sure that our guys are fresh and in in the right mindset uh you know in order to you know finish this next you know 55 54 days strong well, crazy that we are approaching less than 50 days here in uh, for the Big Sky Tournament in Boise. By the way, as part of our partnership with Chris Redpath for our Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, we've also partnered with the Big Sky Conference. We got a pair of week-long passes for you, so we'll tease that every single Thursday when Krista's on the show. But good time to talk about it now as well. All you got to do is either tweet us, either at 1029 ESPN or at Skyline Sports MT, or you can text us 406 888 1029. Big Sky and Boise. That's all you got to tell us. Anything about the Big Sky tournament in Boise, but just Big Sky and Boise works. That'll get you entered, and we'll have a pair of passes for you to the Big Sky tournament in Boise that second week of March. Danny Sprinkle joining us here on Nuanas Now, Montana State Minute. And coach, let's talk about the trip to NAU. Always uh, an interesting trip when you go to Flagstaff to walk up Sky Dome. Man, it's just so funny the way that it all plays out. Every sport, it seems like weird stuff happens there. Uh, but how do you get prepared for this trip? Because it is just a little bit of a different one. Not an easy place to get to, not an easy place to play, and a sort of a unique venue as well. Yeah, you know, playing in their in their big football dome, um, you know, I mean, it's a, it, it's a big old arena, and, you know, it, it is different shooting in there. You know, one thing that, you know, it's kind of similar to brick breeding, except for it's a lot more wide open. And so, you know, I think our guys will shoot the ball well, but you know, it, it is a it is a tough trip because you can do, go one or two ways. You can either fly into Flagstaff, uh, which they only have a couple flights a day, so you might get in late at night, or you have to go to Phoenix and drive up that hill two and a half hours. And so, you know, we're going to kind of mix it up. We're actually going to fly into Flagstaff, and we're going to fly out of Phoenix because we have to get catch a direct flight to uh, Portland for Saturday's game. We'll talk about Northern Arizona under Shane Burkhardt. They've done a pretty good job rebuilding. They got some good young talent, and they brought in a guy uh, who came in with a lot of fanfare in Jalen Kona. He transferred from Virginia Tech, who played quite a bit uh, for the Hokies, and he's been good for for Northern Arizona. He's leading lead them in scoring, one of the leading scorers in the conference so far. What have you thought of just the impact he's made? 
Yeah, he's tremendous. He's uh, he's dynamite when the ball's in his hands. And uh, he's very talented. He's really quick. He's athletic. He can get his shot off against anybody. It doesn't matter. If you, you know, he's hard to double team, you know, because he's so fast and quick. And so, I mean, we, we got our hands full. And he, he's one of the guys and, you know, one of the top players in the league. And you cannot let him get going. He's going to take 20 shots. You know, you have to hope that he shoots in that 7 for 20 or 6 for 20 and shoots a low percentage. Uh, because when he gets hot, he gets hot in a hurry. And he can rattle off four or five threes in a row. And he can really break a game open. You know, very similar like what he did last night. You know, I mean, it was a close game. In fact, they were down in uh, in the last two and a half minutes. And he kind of just took the game over. Jalen Cohn last night poured in 24 points. A good effort by him, and uh, he's had multiple 20-point, 25-point, and he's had as many as 33 points, which is one of the highest totals in the league for a single game this year. And Coach, we always sort of gravitate towards the guys that are high scorers, and there always seems to be high-scoring guards in the big sky. But one guy that I just think was great last year as a young player, and it seems like he's taking the next step as well, at least just in terms of his motor and his energy, is Carson Tout. He's a really good rebounder. He plays really, really hard, and he's really tough. What sort of impact do you think he has made and uh what do, what do you like about or i guess what do you think of that matchup because you have a pretty good physical front court led by jabril bellow as well but what do you think of the challenge that bellow might face on the block with a guy that plays so hard like tout does yeah i mean they're they're big and physical on the block you know tout's got he's a relentless motor you know he uh he can really rebound the basketball i think he's averaging almost you know nine a game in conference and he's just you know he's been a difference maker for him this year because he is so physical uh he's a lot more athletic than people might think i mean if he gets he'll drop step on you and you know, he's, he's a really good player who's made a big jump from his freshman to sophomore year. But they also have some other big bodies. You know, the Ezekiel Richards kid's playing really, really well for him. And he's a, you know, 6'10", 6'11", really physical, athletic guy down low. And so, you know, they, they've really improved their front court from last year. Dave Sprigle joining us here on the Montana State Minute, presented by J&V Restaurant Supply, as well as Jake Dubeck, your Montana realtor. Coach Sprinkle joins us each Tuesday here on Nuanas. Now his team embarking on a Big Sky Conference road trip at Northern Arizona in Flagstaff on Thursday at 6 p.m. tip Montana time. You can find it on uh, ESPN+. Plus. And then at Portland State Saturday night, and that's at 8 p.m. local time tip. And you can find that also on ESPN+, Plus as well as the Bobcat Radio Network, as always. And, Coach, what's the turnaround like, and what's the prep like for Portland State? Because uh, Portland State played such a uh, high-tempo and, and high-pressure style under Barrett Peary. I've, I've watched them play less than any team in the league because they've had more postponements than anybody. So uh, how's the style different, and what's the turnaround like when you go from a team like NAU to a team like Portland State? Yeah, I mean, they they play similar. You know, they, they probably don't press as much uh, as they did with Coach Perry, uh, but they, they will pressure you in the half court. They still try and get out and deny. Uh, they will still press at times, but just not, you know, I mean, with, with Coach Perry, I mean, they were pressing you every time. Made, missed, it didn't matter. They were just running and jumping and, and playing frantic. And, uh, you know, this year they're playing, you know, similar in the half court. Like, they, they'll switch everything one through five. They still got pretty much the same team they did last year, uh, except they added some really good, talented players. And so, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be a challenge, but, you know, you kind of mentioned that's what's fun about this league is every team plays so different and uh so every game is almost a completely different game plan and your guys have to be able to adjust and really a lot of times adjust on the fly and during the game he's Dave Sprigley he joins us once a week here on Nuanas now ESPN radio as well as SWX Montana television Bobcat basketball at Northern Arizona at Portland State this weekend coach we appreciate the time as always and best of luck this weekend best of luck with the uh what's going to be a quite a challenging schedule down the stretch but best of luck this weekend and we'll talk to you next week you got it. Go Cats, man. Appreciate you having me on. So there you go, Montana State head men's basketball coach Danny Sprinkle. We'll hear from Grizz sophomore rising guard Robbie Beasley tomorrow for a Grizz Star of the Week. Also talk some Grizz hoops to take you home. That was our Montana State Minute.
which is presented in part by Jake Dubeck, your Montana realtor. If you're in any sort of real estate bind or you need any sort of real estate advice in and around the Helena area, Jake Dubeck's your man. Jake Dubeck, proud to sponsor the Montana State Minute. Grizz Hoops, where we have with Montana, I think that they have an opportunity at least to take a step back to the re- the ranks of the elites in the Big Sky Conference. Why? We'll tell you more right here on ESPN Radio. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now. Oh, baby, a little sound garden for you here on a Tuesday. Appreciate you spending some time with us. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. It's time now for the final word presented by Eagle Satellite. Have you heard about the great prices on TV and Internet that Eagle Satellite is offering? They have TV packages starting at just $57.99 with free installation and Internet for just $50 a month. Eagle Satellite, locally owned and operated, and they've been best serving Montana for more than 40 years couple minutes left here on the show. If you miss anything in the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Sportsbet Montana. A couple thoughts on Montana, the University of Montana men's basketball team. Uh, when I first moved back to Missoula, that was the hottest ticket in town, and they had an unbelievably fun roster with some of the my favorite guys I've covered in the big sky, guys like Michael Ogine and uh, Bobby Moorhead and Ahmad Rory, guys that were not only great players, but also really fun to be around and hang out with and cover an interview and chronicle their careers. And Montana has had a, a little bit of an uphill battle to get back to that point. The Grizz program is so strong that they still have winning records every year. I mean, they won 18 games two years ago, and uh, they were a game above 500 last year, even with this sort of quote-unquote overturn of the roster and this quote-unquote rebuild. Montana never really has to rebuild fully, though. That was going to be right there in the mix especially in tournament time, because Travis DeCure is a tremendous coach, but he's particularly good in single-game elimination tournaments like the neutral site tournament in Boise for the Big Sky Tournament. That said, though, uh, their style was... Their, the style plus the, the absence of fans last year, plus the fact that so many of the guys on the team were still acclimating to Missoula, to the Big Sky, to life in Montana, all that, made for last year to be a pretty trying year to cover. They were... Uh, not in the best of moods all the time. And it was, even when they would win, it was not very fluid or appealing in its uh, aesthetic appeal. And uh, so this year, though, they've looked a little better. I was able to go to their last two home games against Idaho State and Weaver State. And uh, they, they were a little bit looser. It seems like the role definition is sort of falling into place, um, at least early on here in the Big Sky schedule. Some of the main things that they continue to hang their hat on uh, that they always have for years and years and years, particularly under Coach Takir, but just across the board, number one, defense. They're leading the league in scoring defense by a wide margin. They're giving up six points per game less than Portland State or Montana State. So just 62 points per game for the Grizz, that's pretty darn good. Uh, That's definitely right up there among the national leaders, not just leading in the Big Sky Conference. And uh, so they continue to hang their hat on that element of it, but I, I do think that they're coming around in terms of solidifying and settling in what they want their their team to be 
Um, I, I do think that Josh Bannon has really established himself as as a vocal and a physical leader for the team. They need that because of the defense that they play, they need that power forward guy, that, that athletic post to be sort of a director of traffic as, as well as a rim protector, as well as a guy who can hard hedge on the, the high ball screens. And Bannon's really coming into his own. I think that they have a lot of respect for him. His teammates do. Also, the thing that has really kind of opened it up for Montana the last couple weeks has been moving Robbie Beasley onto the ball more often. And, and sometimes taking the ball out of the hands of a guy like Cam Parker can be detrimental, but they're doing it in an, almost an NBA style in that when Parker's in the game and he plays off the ball and Beasley plays on the ball, a lot of times they're running extended transitions, extended fast breaks, or, or some ISO stuff for Beasley. And then if he can't get into it quickly or they can't get into a set quickly, they pull it back out and Cam Parker then operates from the wing. And then he's essentially then the point guard in that set. And now Beasley can play out the ball. So pretty intricate but pretty fun to watch. And I think that that's, the, to me, and in my opinion, I think the Grizz have done a good job of, pretty, of stockpiling some talent, but they have a lot of guys that are sort of like talents right now in the league. So somebody or a few guys sort of distancing themselves and taking the reins and being the guys has been essential. It's been something that Travis Takir has talked about extensively. And uh, I, I think that they have three guys that they needs to be those guys. And I think it needs to be Beasley, Bannon, and Parker. And then I think that everybody else can sort of fall into line. Mac Anderson's going to give you some energy minutes if he can stay out of foul trouble, although he's had a hell of a time doing that throughout his career, especially this year. Derek Carter-Hollinger is also going to give you some energy and some bounce. Lionel Martin, I think, is a solid rotation guy, a junior college guy. And then who else can rise up? Out of Brandon Whitney and Josh Vasquez and Kyle Owens, those three guys are kind of fighting for the one spot in the rotation as this thing continues to evolve. So we'll see. But Montana back in action on the road this weekend. They play at Portland State on Thursday and at Northern Arizona on Saturday. Uh, so it should be a fun one. Uh, those should be fun and, and interesting tests for the Grizzlies as well. Thanks so much for being with us here on Tuesday. We'll be back at it. Wednesday, our ESPN Roundtable features an old friend of mine and a guy that knows a ton about football, a very familiar name here in the Treasure State, Jerome Sowers, longtime defensive coordinator for the Grizzlies, longtime Northern Arizona head coach, and now the new head coach for Montana State Northern. He'll join us. We also have Robbie Beasley, speaking of, from the Grizz basketball team, and we'll hear from Alex Eshelman from SWX Montana Television. Appreciate you being here. We'll see you back here 4 o'clock. Nuanas now. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get Commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.